welcome to episode three of the Dual Threat Sports Podcast. As always, your host, Anthony Saccone, alongside my partner, Jack Rabbits. And Jack, episode three, we got some NFL football, as in the Arizona Cardinals signing J.J. Watt, and we got a lot of MLB offseason grades to dish out. Absolutely, Anthony. Another episode of the Dual Thread Sports, episode three. Now, I'm going to ask you the question because I know you're the Cardinals fan here. Which, true. which is, hey, we're dual threats here. Anthony Saccone's from Staten Island. He's an Arizona yeah, Cardinals fan. No, my brother, too. He's a Cardinals fan because of Kurt Warner. But let me ask you, what, do you, what were your thoughts when you saw that J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals? Shock. Um, what's a better way to describe it? Absolute shock. Didn't know what to say. Thought he was going to 17 other different teams. <laughs> Read the report, thought it was a false report that he signed with the Cardinals. So many like emotions were going on. I was I was thrilled when I saw it. He got two years, thirty-one million with Arizona. There's some built-in incentives on like if he gets a certain amount of sacks or whatever. We don't even need to go into the specifics. But as a Cardinal fan, to know that him and Chandler Jones are going to be opposite sides of each other, chasing after quarterbacks mm-hmm. for the next sixteen games this upcoming season, I was stoked. I mean, J.J. Watt is an absolute game changer. Mm-hmm. Like you said, pairing him with Jones, that is a dangerous, dangerous defensive line right there. There are going to be a lot of quarterbacks on the ground with those two. And just listening to his press conference yesterday, you could just tell how excited he was leaving Houston, which is a mess right now. We all know that's a dumpster fire mm-hmm. over there. And he pretty much said football is going to be fun again. It mm-hmm. wasn't fun last year. And right. you could see with J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson, it wasn't fun for them too. So now you bring – J.J. Watt to Arizona, which is already a fun, young, and exciting team with Kyler Murray. And J.J. Watt said he went to the Cardinals because of Kyler Murray. That's yeah, that's the reason right. why. he was He's there because of Kyler he Murray, Kyler. And, which is terrific to see because, as J.J. Watt said, Kyler Murray has won at every level he's played. Sure. And, again, that's no mistake, as J.J. Watt said. Uh, and also, it was funny listening to his story of how it played out with his signing. I don't know if you caught this, but he was saying how about, like, maybe end of last week, he had narrowed it down to maybe four or five teams. So when he wanted to make the decision, which was uh, two days ago, he wanted to announce it with wearing the shirt. So right. he had ordered the four or five teams that he was mm. choosing between. But he didn't want to, on Amazon, he didn't want to order it through his name and then they would have right. put the two and two together. J.J. Watts ordering a Seahawks shirt, right. just say. So he had his high school, his brother's high school friend go on Amazon and order these four or five shirts. That's so funny. So it would, they wouldn't link it to J.J. Watt. So that's because he, he tweeted that. it with the shirt, mm-hmm. right. with the Cardinals shirt. So everyone was asking, well, where did you get that shirt from? Because mm-hmm. I was like, the Cardinals didn't, right. and, you know. So I thought that was really funny. And it was also really cool, the story with how the Cardinals unretired number 99 for J.J. Watt, which was, was really cool. And J.J. Watt's a humbling guy. There's mm-hmm. not many people I feel like you would unretire a jersey. Right. But if it's someone you'd feel good about wearing, because it was, uh, I think it was the wife's grant, like it was her father that she gave permission to J.J. Watt. Right, to. it was. And I think when you look at a guy like J.J. Watt, that's someone that you don't feel bad doing. He's a terrific guy. You know he's exactly. going to wear that number with pride on and off the field. So it's exciting to see. I'm, I know, Anthony, mm-hmm. you're a big Cardinals fan. Yeah. So they, they're already exciting to watch. Now you add J.J. Watt, that defense yeah. is going to be scary. Right. I, I mean, I was so shocked when the first initial report came out. Like, I knew DeAndre Hopkins was tweeting at J.J. Watt as a joke, recruiting him, being like, hey, let's run this back in the desert. Did I really think it was going to happen for a second? No. And there was also – I don't know, Jack, if you saw the little Peloton gag that was going on no, this I... week. So some, fake, some fan made a fake J.J. Watt account on Peloton and said, the four teams that I may be going to, and I believe he listed the Titans, the Packers, the Browns, 
And I'm drawing a blank on the fourth team that was interested in J.J. Watt. But those were the four teams. The Cardinals were not on the list. And the reporters were tweeting out, like, hey, these are the four teams J.J. Watt has his teams narrowed down to. And it was just a complete journalistic lapse by these journalists who just all they want to do is break stories. Meanwhile, there was no truth to it. We, our professor is Paul Past, and he was yep. he works on the Dan Patrick Show, and they have a little connection with J.J. Watt. And he said they texted J.J. Watt and was like, hey, is there any truth to this? And he was like, absolutely not. And then a day later, J.J. Watt comes out with the Cardinals t-shirt and announces he's going yep. to Arizona. I was so happy because for a split second there, the day before at least, not, nothing to do with the Peloton situation, but I just figured J.J. Watt did not want to come to Arizona. I figured he wanted a ring. Could he chase after a ring in Arizona? Yes. Do I think he'll get one as a realistic Cardinals fan? I don't see it just yet, just because of the division they play in. Can they get out of it and make a run in the playoffs? Maybe, but that's for another discussion and another podcast. I mean, listen, I, I I wouldn't see why the Cardinals can't get out of the division. The Seahawks are a mess right now. Like not a mess, but if you look at these, these Russell Wilson reports, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, but it doesn't. I don't see, there's no way they get rid of him. I, no, I, I don't think there's any chance they get rid of him. But even if they bring him back, there's some animosity going into the season with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson. Everyone says Pete Carroll has too much control. And again, not to get too much into the NFL because we're going to do that as the draft quickly approaches. Right, that's coming up soon. Which is coming up soon. But back to J.J. Watt, it's going to be fun to watch. The Cardinals have been coming and coming and coming. And I think J.J. Watt right. is going to continue that. Right. And you never know. If you get out of that division, whether yeah. it's a wild card or you win the division, they can definitely yeah. make some noise, especially yeah. with Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, again, he's just fun to watch, and he's a playmaker. And Hopkins, obviously, you add to that mix. So, we'll see. And they fell off last year, which was surprising. Right. They, Started 8-3, right. I believe, or they were After there. that crazy game against yeah. the Bills. Right. And then they kind of slowly declined after that. But yep. we'll see what happens. I mean, there's not really much other big news in the NFL right now besides J.J. Watt right. signing this week. Um, you know, obviously, the Russell Wilson rumors, but there's really not much to that at all. Right. Just speculation at this point. So, we'll, we'll keep it coming. But, again, the draft's coming up soon. We we're both we both love the draft, especially because we're big college football fans. And there are some tremendous players coming into this NFL, even besides Trevor Lawrence, the obvious. There's some playmakers. Wide the wide receiver class this year is insane. So we're looking forward to covering the draft as it quickly approaches here in the next month and a half or so. Yeah, Jack, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. That's a great way to wrap up our NFL little bit here on this episode three now of the Dual Threat Sports Podcast. If you guys are listening, go check us out on our website at dualthreatsports.weebly.com. Com. We're going to keep things rolling here with some MLB offseason grades. We are here in early March right now, still a month ago before the season kicks off. We're not going to do any predictions just yet. We're going to get to that closer to opening day. But for now, we're going to go over just some of the main teams that had some really big offseasons. And just to list some of them, the Padres, the Mets. By the way, guys, Jack's a big Mets fan. I'm a big Yankees fan. Padres, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals, one big move, and the Blue Jays. So, we have to get things started yeah. off with Slam Diego. Right, right. Well, it's funny, too, because we were talking. We're going to – we'll start with the Padres because, obviously, I think they've made the most moves. Right. They made the most moves, and they made the most moves right. early. In early, right. And then they just signed Tatis to, I think, 25 mm -hmm. years, three <laughs> Some crazy deal. But it's funny because Anthony yeah. and I were talking. We were like, well, you know, we're both Mets and Yankee fans, but we don't want to make it seem like we're biased. But then again right. – the Mets and Yankees were probably, if you ask any random fan, big offseason. Big offseason for both those teams with the Padres, Dodgers, yep. and the Cardinals one move and the Blue Jays. So we'll start with the Padres. I'll let you dive into the Padres sure. and the moves they made. Like you said early, they were right. the, they, it, it seemed like and it was on Twitter too. And I always joke like the Padres offseason started a month before everyone else. Like they, for whatever reason, maybe they had a clearance to start early yeah. because nobody else seemed to want to do anything. Right. And their GM was playing chess while everybody else yep. was playing checkers. I mean, he went out and 
By the way, guys, if you didn't know, we're dual threat sports. We cover dual threat sports, so we're going to cover everything. That's why we're doing Padres, not just Mets, Yankees, yep. Rangers, Knicks, etc. But the Padres, early in the offseason, they saw that the market for starting pitchers was not that heavy at the time because they were the only ones making trades in the starting pitching market. And they went out, they acquired Blake Snell, you Darvish, and Joe Musgrove in a matter of like two weeks, I think it sure. was. And some other moves they made was they, re- they signed Mark Melanson, the solid reliever, to put on the back end. And they went to Japan, and they they crossed borders, and they signed a second baseman in Kim Ha Song. So some big things are expected out of him to play second base for the Padres in that really up and coming infield where you have Hosmer, Kim, mm-hmm. Tatis obviously, and Machado over at third base. Ooh, ooh. This team's looking pretty nasty. Like they're going to contend they're gonna... for the NL West with the Dodgers. We're going to get into the Dodgers in a little bit, and then of course the Tatis Jr. Fourteen years, over three hundred million dollars. He's going to get paid a tremendous amount of money to live in San Diego for basically the rest of his playing career and probably the rest of his life because San Diego's gorgeous. Who wants to leave there? But like I said, the big moves were the starters that they acquired early in the offseason. The prices were not nowhere near what anybody expected them to be for starters like Blake Snell and you Darvish. Darvish, by the way, coming off almost the Cy Young last year. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, their, start, their starting pitching depth is one of the best in the mm-hmm. league. I mean, it is remarkable top to Top to bottom, and you add a guy off Blake Snell, who was probably the best. I mean, he was the best pitcher in the American League last year, and it continued into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big story was that Game Six World Series game when the Rays took him out too soon, right? And everyone was talking about that. So Blake Snell is going to come to San Diego, looking to con- continue off that terrific shortened season last year. You Darvish was right there in the top three for NL Cy Young voting. You could have given it to him, honestly, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. The Cubs were not as consistent as the Reds last year. You, why Trevor Bauer won. And then for me, one of the more underrated moves, which it, there's a reason it's underrated because of all the other moves that they made, but Mark Melanchthon is going to come in and be a solid reliever because I think that's the one area the Padres can still improve on, the 100%. bullpen. Because we we see it now, in the postseason, bullpen wins you games. I, right. I, I truly stick by that. Bullpen wins you games. When you get into that best of four to seven series, obviously you rely on your starter to go six, seven innings, but if that's not the case, your bullpen's going to have to buckle down and get mm-hmm. some big, Big outs. And I think Mark Melanchthon is a veteran. He was with the Braves during their playoff runs. He's going to help them. And then obviously on the offensive side, Tatis is locked up forever. And we got a little taste of him last year in the postseason against the Cardinals. They're going to be fun to watch. They slammed Diego started last Mm -hmm. year. And obviously, we're not even talking about the guys they already have. Machado, Eric Hosmer, Myers. I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. The, The weapons they have there in San Diego is insane. And as we get closer to the MLB season, we'll talk more And if they are, or maybe they are better than the Dodgers at this point. Probably not, but they're close to it. So that, that NL West is going to be a battle. That is, is going to be a battle. They, they, they're close, and I would say they had the edge uh-huh. up until yep. late in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer, it came down to his whole offseason dramatics. Yep. So oh. Let's dive into the Dodgers. Right no, now, I was going to say, let me ask you a question. Do you think, honest question here, I mean, obviously, money-wise, the Dodgers were in on Bauer just because they had the cap to get him. But do you think the way they saw the Padres go out and get all these starting pitchers in the offseason kind of lean them towards keying in on Bauer? I think it had to. You're right. Don't you think it had to? Absolutely. And and then I also think that clearly their owner doesn't care about money because (laughs) they blew past the luxury tax when they re-signed both Bauer and, and then went out and re-signed Justin Turner. Turner. And all offseason, the Padres were so, uh, the Dodgers were so quiet. Right. They didn't know if they were re-signing some of these guys. And then 
they see the Padres make all these moves. They, they're coming off a World Series, but they're like, you know what? We're going to defend it to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, no doubt in my mind, that seeing what the Padres did made the Dodgers act promptly and be like, hey, if we can go get Bauer, we're going to go yeah. get Bauer. And then clearly that's what happened. And as a Met fan, I had mixed feelings. We'll get in on the Mets side of Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. But when you look at this Dodgers rotation, they're the best in baseball by a And I think the Mets rotation is solid too, but mm-hmm. it doesn't compare to the Dodgers. Right. I mean, they oh won my the God. They series last year, and now you add two former Cy yep. Youngs to that oh. because David Price opted out last yep. year for COVID. People forget he's that. He's coming back. I still, I don't know if David Price will – he's definitely not going to be the David Price right. that we, we've seen in But they don't past. even need him to be the – They just need him to be a – Number three, number four guy to just go out there and eat up innings every, because, every fifth day. I mean, obviously, you got Kershaw, so you got Dustin May. Right. Walker Bueller. Right. Two guys who – Walker Bueller and Trevor Walker Bauer Bueller can, can, competes for a Cy Young underratedly every single season. Yep. He puts up terrific numbers. I mean, that rotation is so scary. Right. That's why I still think the Dodgers are – I mean, the Dodgers are the favorite in the NL and they're, they're right. the favorite in baseball to win right. the World Series and repeat. You'd be crazy not to think that. And when you add a guy like Trevor Bauer, who obviously is coming off a Cy Young when he was unbelievable, he was lights out in that wild card game against the Braves when he went, I think, nine shutout innings, which was terrific. Now, I was skeptical because it was a shortened season. My thing was, could he have done that and kept that? Right. Could he have done that for a full season? Right. 162 game season? Could have before. Right. So that was always my point. Can Bauer keep that? We'll we'll sure Mm -hmm. as hell find out now. And. You know, it's just one of those things where whew, I would not want to face the Dodgers in a four to seven funny series. thing to know, though, since one of these two teams, since they're in the same division, uh-huh. obviously one's going to win the NL West, the other's going to be the wild card yep. one. They'll probably, if it's the same playoffs that we're used to, like the shortened playoffs, the original, which I think it should be. Sure. That's we'll get into that another time. But if that's the case, oh my God. the Padres will be the, the wild card team. Just saying, Dodgers win their division. Padres a wild card team. Padres win the one wild card game. That's the NLDS Padres against the Dodgers. The NLDS in a best of five. You might as well. You kidding me? You might as well just start at game five. There's no way that game doesn't go. That series doesn't go five games. You would think. You would think. But Uh, then the NL East and the NL Central they benefit tremendously from that because they're going to play each other in the first round in the DS, and then they'll go on to face the winner of Padres Dodgers. And hopefully by then they'll be exhausted. Right, but and that's speaking, a great point. Speaking of those NLS team, NL East teams, the Mets are one of them, and I'm going to let you take it away. You're the big Mets fan here. They had quite a big offseason, but still, in my opinion, a lot of moves that they had out there that they didn't yeah. complete. Therefore, I still give them like a a minus okay. offseason, but that's not fair. an A because they wanted Springer, Bauer, yeah. etc. And I get that. You could see, look at that. They, they had the goals on Springer and Bauer, and they didn't get either of them. But they did get Francisco Lindor in a, right. in a massive trade and Carlos Carrasco from the Indians for Jimenez and Rosario. They're two shortstops. But not, before I get into that, the, t- the biggest move the Mets made was officially hiring Steve Cohen as their owner. Right. Because now they got the money. And here's what I'll say about the Bauer trade. I, I don't like Trevor Bauer. I didn't like him before he signed with the Dodgers. I can't stand him. He he pisses me off like no other. I'm sure and does. I was trying to convince myself that – because I thought for a while the Mets were going to get him. I was mm-hmm. trying to convince myself to say, you know what? Suck it up. Trevor Bauer's going to be really good. Let's try to like him. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So it's also to the point where I at least respected the where the Mets didn't get Trevor Bauer because they couldn't afford him. It wasn't that case, which we're used to. Right. You they went, shelled out we, tons we, of money. Right. For him. We went all out. My thing is, though, if you're going to give that much money to Bauer, there's no reason not to give that much to Springer, who you let go to the Blue Jays for like 20 mil. Um, good point again. That's where the Mets offseason to me. Oh. 
that's the biggest failure right. offseason. But of course, there was so many other positives. But the Mets were high on Springer too. I think the Blue Jays just went again above and beyond and what the Mets right. really wanted. Because you have to remember, the Mets priority now is to re-sign Conforto and re-sign Lindor. You have to get that done. And if you were to sign, you have to get, you have to. And I think they will. I, Conforto, I'm a little iffy about giving him big bucks because he's only had one really breakout year where he hit over 300, which was last year in the uh-huh. short season. And it seems like he actually did put it together. We've been waiting for him to put it right. together for so many years, and he did last year. Uh-huh. But I think it's smart for the Mets to wait and see what wait. Conforto does this season, this season before you give him the big bucks. Yeah, but and, here's the thing. If the if, I think if I were the Mets, I'd try to lock him up now because if he has a terrific season, that's just more money they're going to have to well, pay. Well, that's the risk that you that take is the, the Mets. But here's the thing. I do think, and I'm okay with not getting Springer because if that allows the Mets to re-sign Lindor to a long-term contract, I want Lindor to be the shortstop like Jose Reyes was for the oh, next seven, to. ten years. If you don't lock him up, right. that trade's an automatic failure. Automatic failure. Same with like with the Dodgers and Mookie Betts. Now, yeah. obviously, you win a World Series, but you still want to Mookie no, Betts they, is going to be a Dodger for right. Well before the World Series. So I'm hoping before this month ends, before Game One begins next month, that he's locked up. I would like to see Conforto locked up. And again, how we said Trevor Bauer has too much of a personality, too much of an ego to pitch behind Jacob Degrom. Now, again, in LA he's going to have to pitch behind some dudes, but Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball by a mile. Nobody's even close. So I don't I would, know. If, I wouldn't say not close. There's guys close, but not. He's but still the best. He's still. I mean, consistent number wise. I mean, listen, Trevor Bauer, good for you. you. You did well in a shortened season. How about try doing it two years in a row in a 162 game season? You're the best pitcher in baseball. The, the two years he won the Cy Young, there was nobody even close to Jacob Degrom. The Mets just sucked. That's why his numbers. But we also learned a valuable lesson: wins and losses doesn't mean much for a starting pitcher, in terms of just like giving the Cy Young out. So, to me. I, and the, quickly, the Mets also signed free agent James McCann to a four-year deal from the White Sox. He's now going to be their consistent starting catcher. Mm-hmm. He's a good, better fielder than Ramos, thankfully. And he can run out ground balls and he's fast. So we like to see that. So overall, I give the Mets, honestly, an offseason an A. I see why you didn't get Springer and you didn't get um, Bauer, obviously. And, you, you know, obviously people are upset. But to me, just the fact that they were they were making transactions as – the, the amount of transactions yeah. they made, it's just something I've right. never seen from the Mets as long as I've been a fan. Mm-hmm. So it's just exciting to yeah. see. And I think they're going to be really good. I think they can compete for an hour at least title. And we'll just see what happens. And I'm excited. So let's go Mets, baby. Right. LFGM. So, to sum up, grades, you're giving the Mets an A. I'm giving them an A minus. Padres, I'm going to give an A. Dodgers, I'm going to have to give an A just because yeah. they blew past the luxury tax. Yep. A- I agree a- with a- those grades for the Padres yeah, and Dodgers. A- a- so Jack's got three A's right now. Yankees, as a Yankee fan, I'm still going to go B. Just because of the risks involved, and we'll give you some of the moves they made. They they signed Corey Kluber, one year, eleven million. They signed Darren O'Day, the reliever who pitched with the Braves last year. He's been a journeyman reliever, solid for the last fifteen years. Traded three prospects for Jameson Tyon, re-signed Brett Gardner. They gave Jay Bruce a contract. He'll have a chance to compete. And honestly, Jay Bruce, hopefully, as long as he doesn't opt out by the end of March, he can. Pro- he'll probably start the season somewhere in AAA, not with the Yankees. But we all know the Yankees and their injuries. So at some point in the season, I know. Jay Bruce is going to be batting third in this lineup just because no one can stay healthy, as unfortunate as it sounds. Maybe one year we can actually stay healthy and put it together. And then the biggest news for the Yankees, of course, was re-signing second baseman, runner-up in the MVP voting a season ago, DJ LeMayhew, to six years, 90 mil. Was he runner-up, I believe? Or he was he was in the conversation. He was runner-up. Was. Right. So DJ LeMayhew, six years, 90 million. And to me, that was a steal. He's only making $3 million more than he made a year ago. That kept the Yankees under the luxury tax. They were able to make some other key moves. Traded Adam Adovino away to Boston. Honestly, I'm done with him. Everybody likes him, but you know what? He could go to Boston. I like Darren O'Day better. Solid move there. 
But the reason I'm giving the Yankees a B is because of the skepticism. Corey Kluber coming back from injury. Jamison Tyon coming back from injury. You're going to count on them to be key pieces of this rotation. Luis Severino, Tommy John a year ago, he's going to miss a month or two this season. And then there's a lot of question marks in that rotation. Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman coming again, coming back off a two-year suspension after the whole case. We're not going to talk about what he was involved with, but he's coming back after a year-long hiatus. And then also Davey Garcia, the rookie who pitched well in a couple of games last year. It's going to be help. That's the biggest thing for the Yankees. They stay healthy. No question they have one of the top rosters in the American League. But health is the biggest concern, and it's been for the last four years. I would 100% agree with that. I think the Yankees haven't won a World Series in the last three years because of their health. Right. Simple as that. No question. On paper, they've had the best roster. than any, Maybe except the Dodgers. They've had one of the best rosters right. in all of them will be the last right. three years. But now I think in those three years, this is the worst the pitching staff's been because of – because of the, like you said, these question marks. Corey Kluber is a solid veteran, and if he's good, he's going to be a steal of a signing because you're only paying him for could one. Could be year. the worst, could be the best. Right, <laughs> exactly. So I think that's why I'd go B minus. Again, I don't see. Obviously, the biggest move was just re-signing DJ LeMahieu. He's he he's been the best offensive player in baseball the last two years. No doubt. No doubt. So you had to lock him up, and they did get him for a good price. But other than that, nothing really jumps out to me that the Yankees did, and maybe that's because they didn't have to do anything. Right. When well, you, that's the thing. That's the, the roster was set. So, but but we're just talking about offseason. That's why I'm not right. really like right. on paper. I think the Yankees have the best. I think the Yankees have the, have the best. Yeah, I think the Yankees have the best roster in the American League. I would just American go. American League, yes. Between them, the White Sox, yeah. the Rays fell off the Rays wagon. Fell off. So that's why, like, but again, that's why I give them a B minus just because they right. didn't, they did the one thing that they had to. Right. Re sign DJ Lemay. Had to re sign DJ Lemay. It took them a while, which mm-hmm. Yankee fans were going crazy. About. I was going crazy. I was day by day, I'm right. like, the, more chances of well, him leaving. Well, it didn't like every day went by, but there was no teams that he was taught other teams besides the Yankees. Well, actually, the Blue Jays gave him more money than the Yankees. I didn't know. Last term, but he wanted to be. Yeah, the well, of course, of course. And, uh, so, and I mean, the Blue Jays don't even have a home stadium yeah, right now because of the COVID, COVID rules. They can't get to Canada. But listen, B B plus in that range. A lot of question marks. If it pans out, it could easily go to an A plus at the yeah. end of the year. That's if Kluber not returns to Kluber form, but just pitches solid to the point where. He's a dependable number two, number three starter come yeah. playoff time. You get Severino back. That's a solid four starters in a row. And I think Kluber we haven't on. even talked about the loss of Tanaka. That's a big loss. It's a big loss. For postseason. He's been – Not really. The yeah. only reason I say no is because he struggled last year, my way, in the postseason. Man. Had he had a big postseason last year, I'd yeah. say that's a big loss. Okay. But he's been struggling in the regular season the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Was always I was always fine and justified having Tanaka because he was so good in the postseason. But last year struggled mightily in the yeah. postseason. So for me, not a bad move. And he wanted a lot more money than Kluber. And the Yankees made it a absolute precedent to stay under the luxury tax this year for whatever reason. But I don't think they're done with moves for now. The offseason they're done, but come trade deadline, they're going to have to pick up one or two relievers, if not a starter, depending on what the health situation is looking like. And then two more teams to dive into. Just going to go over it really, really quickly as we're getting set to wrap up here on episode three of the Dual Threat Sports Podcast, the Cardinals. Made a huge trade, acquired one of the best third basemen, if not the best, Nolan Arenado, in the offseason from the Rockies. And they didn't even have to part with any of their top prospects. To me, it was crazy. And the Rockies are paying Arenado an absurd amount of money this year still. And then the Cardinals will eventually take over his salary. It was one of the weirdest mm-hmm. trades I've ever seen made in my life. The Rockies GM deserved to be fired right I on did. the spot. Did you see what he said after he made that move? Well, I, rem- I remember. He said it, but- something on the lines like, "If I was a fan, I'd hate me too." Yeah, 
like why why do you still have a job why, like if you if you openly come out and say right. that and you're still working today right like, what are you doing your job that, is to make the organization right. better and make you the fans better, happy and make the fans and, happy. and there are times as a gm and owner you're gonna have to make the tough moves right. obviously no question but there's sometimes where you make moves and it's like nolan arenado is the best third baseman in all of baseball and you, you got nothing for they, him they got him for rocks you, you signed him for so much money last off right. season and then trade him two years later. And the Cardinals aren't even paying for him this year. Like, That's he's playing for free. And you're paying him this entire year, like $30 million. And it's like, to me, they had building blocks there in Colorado. They had pieces. Right. Trevor's story. story. And it's like, you just throw it all out the window. Trading yeah. or not. If I, and Story was pissed. He was like, this is, right. this is not. He's going to leave soon. Oh, yeah. After I, this year. I'd be demanding my trade, too. But he's it's just. the last year, his deal. So, again. Look out for the Cardinals now. Right. <laughs> Somehow they ended up with Arenado. They got Goldschmidt still there. Right. So. Definitely a huge sleeper. Yeah. And not so strong NL Central. Right. And then another team that made moves this offseason, the NL East, the Blue Jays. Yep. Them and the Mets. It seemed like every big free agent or yeah. trade bait yep. was linked to the Mets, Mets. and the Blue Jays yeah. all offseason. As a Yankee fan, I didn't like either one because, A, the Blue Jays are in the NL East, or the AL East, and then the Mets are cross-town rivals. But, anyway, they, re- they signed George Springer to a massive deal. Mm-hmm. And they also went out. They got Marcus Simeon who was in the MVP conversation a couple of years ago, the shortstop from the Athletics. Had a down year last year, but they still took a flyer on him for one year. They traded for Steven Matz from the Mets to put on the back end of that rotation. And then they went out and got a really solid reliever in Kirby Yates, who was with the Padres the past couple of years and was one of the top relievers in baseball. So I think Springer's going to – I mean, again, Mets fan, we lost out on Springer. Mm-hmm. I think Springer's going to be a terrific addition to the Blue Jays. He's going to be there for a while. Right. He's going to be batting cleanup for them. And I think, listen, Steven Matz, I think, is someone with a new start, a fresh, you know, change of scenery. That could benefit him. He, he could, could be, be good. I'm not saying he's going to put up ridiculous numbers, but in the back end of that rotation. Right, right now he he's could, listed as right. a five starter. He, he, could, he could be solid, honestly. And he had he, sh- he showed moments on the Mets where he was solid. So, again, change of scenery could be good for him. Kirby Yates, we all know what Kirby Yates could do. Yeah. He's just going to be consistent and get those big outs for you late in the inning, late, late inning. So, mm-hmm. Blue Jays, I'd give them B+. Plus. I'd say right. I think B plus, B plus is fair. Is solid, and right. and the Cardinals also B plus. Rockies B plus, yeah, F I mean, minus. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the worst letter possible is, that's what. That's what I, the I think the Rockies did. owners. Same thing with the Indians. I think the Rockies owner ownership and the Texans ownership should change notes to trade notes because yeah, they're throw the Indians in right. Too. Yeah, I mean, you can give up your twenty five year old super. Stop so, shortstop short for two okay shorts. I, I think Jimenez can be good. He can but, be good, but he's not going to be a Lindor. But let's be real, the Mets fleece that trade. Yeah, but. Anyway, those are our off-season grades for some of the top teams that were active this off-season. Let me ask one last question before mm-hmm. we wrap up. Who We're not making predictions, and you could change. Who do you think is better right now, Mets or Yankees? Yankees. Okay. I, I said Mets. That's just – but we'll, we'll, the Yankees? Yeah, right now, yes. I, I feel confident with this Mets team just because of one guy and one guy only, Jacob DeGrom. If we're, but we'll get a bit more into that. I think Strowman's going to have a terrific season. Syndergaard, I, if I was a Yankee fan, I'd hate Stroman too. So I know you're biting that tongue with Stroman. I'm not even biting my tongue. That guy, we take up so much real estate in his head. Like People the reporter was literally like, "I saw that." I what saw was it like when you got traded to the Mets? He was like, "Oh well, I never wanted to be a Yankee." It was like, dude, they asked you how happy you were to play for the Mets. Right. No one cares what you think about the Yankees. Here's literally, what I'll say. He's still salty. The Yankees didn't trade for him. Right. And they were going. For Here's what I'll say, and you say the same thing if it was if he was on the Yankees talking about the Mets. As long as he gets, as long as he's pitching well, staying out there healthy, I don't care what he says. Oh, just pitch, just, just get out. I just find it funny. No, I, and I would see that. But we'll but, see what happens as right. the. I mean, spring training. So there, for both of us, we can agree on one thing: just everyone stay healthy. Right. <laughs> just everyone that's stay the, healthy. That's the biggest key. But anyway, 
That's all for episode three of the Dual Threat Sports Podcast. We love you guys for sticking around if you've been with us this whole time. Until next week, stay tuned. Go check us out on the Dual Threat Sports dot weebly.com website we love you guys and we'll see you next time Bye.